All right, hold on to your hats, people. This is going to be a short one. Moo, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you check out all of our back episodes of The Watchlist with Patty and Bill by going to thewatchlistpod.com. Make sure you engage with us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod, at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson. And don't forget to hit that all important subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, it's been a harsh week. Yeah, mine was pretty chill. Well, that's good. That makes one of us. Our poor dog, <laughs> Chewbacca, had to have a little dental surgery this week, and and oh. so he's feeling under the weather, and so I just, I, you know, had to postpone our recording just for the people out there, and, and so today's episode is going to be kind of short, because now I'm all backed up and everything like that, but I think Ooh, we're going to have a very good, up. effective <laughs> show. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm 12. Yes. Yes, I am. My God. <laughs> it, it had to be you, done. You know, it had to be done. You and your potty humor. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. So I want to start off by saying I finally saw nobody. Damn time. Jesus. That oh movie my God. is amazing. And you should have watched it when is... I told you to. That Shut up. That movie is incredible. <laughs> okay. First of all, that movie is incredible. It and is. I, and I saw that it dropped into the regular rental price uh, oh, category. Fine. And okay. I was like, all right, like, fuck it. Let's watch it. Wow. Yeah. And again, and, and again, not only is Bob Odenkirk perfect for this. And yes. shout out to him. I hope he's doing okay after his recent bout. I sure hope so, too. Um, but it is, it is like 93 minutes long. It is yeah, not, not a long, long movie. I know. I was and, like, I'm like, wait, what? I am a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. I am a huge fan of action pictures that know what they are, can still give you character development and kick ass action all at the same time. This movie was fucking brilliant. If you have not seen the film, nobody go and rent that shit. That will entertain you. I had no idea what it was about as I went into it. I just knew he was in it. And that was yeah. it. And it yeah. was perfect not knowing what I was getting into. Perfect. Yes. It, absolutely perfect. I was like, all right, fine. I've, I've, I've heard the hype. I've heard your review. Let's finally do this. And wow. As yeah. soon as that shit becomes cheap to buy, I am licensing a, a digital copy of it and adding it to my non-existent video library, as we discussed last week. But any whoosie. All right. The f- first movie I have... Mm-hmm. Is called or the only movie that I have is called Mayhem. We oh. rented this for about three bucks, I want to say off of Amazon. And it's from 2017, though. It's but that doesn't matter because it's still damn good. I never heard of it. It stars Stephen Yoon from The Walking Dead Minari. It also stars uh, Samara Weaving, who is from Ready or Not, and she was in Bill and Ted Face the Music as well. Oh, she was one of the daughters, right? Yeah, she looks a lot like Margot Robbie. And Dwight thought it was her through the whole thing. I kept telling him, no, it's not her. Just for those who get them confused. But it's not. Anyway. So what this movie is about, there's a virus called ID7, a.k.a. Red Eye. Because people who are infected get 
one very red eye. And this disease is, this virus is, is spreading through the world. It's not lethal though, but when it infects people, their neural pathways get infected and it removes all inhibitions and moral integrity. So this causes people to act out their darkest impulses, which is like violence and murder. So that's how people die from it. Wow. Or even if they don't have it, they could die. So the film opens with uh, Derek Cho, who is played by Stephen Yoon. He's telling us all about the virus and the people he works with at this massive law firm, like this massive corporate law firm. And everybody who's working there, they are the stereotype of your corporate lawyer who's an asshole and just mm -hmm. trying to get ahead and make as much money as possible. And they are the worst of the worst. And Derek, who has worked his way up the ladder, he has learned that he is being made into the scapegoat for this huge fuck up on this major account that he never, ever, ever worked for or worked mm -hmm. on. And he knows that this means he's getting fired. And the, the nasty bitch girl who is in charge of that account, she's the one who keeps fucking up. And then they keep firing lower people that are high enough to be a manager to where they might work on that account, but not totally like the top of the tier. Mm -hmm. And so those people are always getting fired because of her fucking up. And he's mad now and he goes storms into the big boss's office and is like, look, she is your liability. She's the one who needs to be fired for this. And well, she's got everybody wrapped around her finger there and they all know that she can do no wrong and she works with the clients really well and gets them wrapped around her finger too. So she ain't getting fired for this. And right around then is when this virus starts to spread through the building and the CDC arrives and quarantines the whole building. Nobody can come in or out for the next eight hours while they pump in the, the, the cure for this virus. And that's when the mayhem, the killing, the wackiness ensues. Nice. It is amazing. It is hysterical. It is violent and bloody and gory, but it is awesome. Uh, and, I, and what's it called I, again? It's called Mayhem. I highly recommend people get this movie. If you're tired of all the coronavirus pandemic bullshit, this is a good, like, finally a virus that would be helpful for my life, maybe. <laughs> Depending on how violent I can be and how far nice. I, I can get with it. <laughs> well, all righty it's awesome. then. It's totally awesome. So another violent movie, Nobody and Mayhem. Hey, I, I dig it. What a great double feature that is. <laughs> yeah. A good almost $10 spent. Yeah, totally. All right. So the first thing that I watched was Wellington Paranormal. Ooh. And I and I came across this because I was looking for something light and fuzzy to watch, especially since, you know, Chewy was kind of down for the count. And I came across this Wellington Paranormal. And I was like, well the fuck is this turns out that it is a spin-off of what we do in the shadows the movie oh i didn't realize it was a spin-off i knew it was also done it was also created by jermaine clement who is what we do in the shadows and also flight of the concords which is where i first heard of him and he is i love him so much so yes so in the movie what we do in the shadows, which I've seen the two, which I have seen also 
but I saw after I started watching the TV series because I wanted to see the source material. It turns out that the two police officers who were featured in that movie are the two police officers that this show is based around. Oh. oh. And for yes. those who don't know, this takes place in New Zealand. Yes. And and I kid you not, while I was watching this, before I researched it and found all that out, I was I was thinking, well, this really feels like what we do in the shadows. And then I looked it up and sure enough, it is a cross between the X-Files and what we do in the shadows. So it follows these two inept police officers. I think the whole, they, that whole police force is inept. Really? Well, the, the entire police From force the top is, down, is just they are all bloody inept. stupid. <laughs> but it is fun watching them get into different freak of the week adventures and, and having them not realize everything that's going on. It's kind of funny. <laughs> so yes. if you are into things like what we do in the shadows and like Taika Waititi and, and Jermaine Clement's sense of humor and just a, a really good kind of cleansing comedy as opposed to the shit that we, you know, kind of develop here. Absolutely. Watch Wellington Paranormal. It is on HBO Max. I just I found it fucking hysterical. Uh, it is amazing. I think I discovered it a few weeks ago from a New York Times, the watcher newsletter telling me what's new and what's out there and what to watch. And that's when I first heard of it. And then when you told me you watched it, I'm like, that sounds so familiar. Have I seen this? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have seen one episode. And now I've seen like three or four. And it's amazing. It, it's Oh, it's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And New, New Zealanders for humor is just so crazy. And that's why it's so awesome. And not to spoil anything for anybody, but I was hooked the moment that the opening credits start, which feel very much like X-Files opening credits. Yeah. But yeah. there's a headline or or a, some words printed on the screen. He looked vampire-y. <laughs> <laughs> And I and I was like, that's fucking hysterical. He looked vampire-y. <laughs> Any hey. So, uh, yes, infinitely bingeable. We both highly recommend this. Yes. So you've got an international show. I will do my international show because our final series kind of are a little similar as well. Cool. So I my international show is... Al Rawabi School for Girls. It's on Netflix. It's a limited series. There's only six episodes. It is dubbed into English, but there's also subtitles because it's in Arabic. Mm -hmm. And this is about a teenage girl who's kind of nerdy. She's into that po girl power feminism type of stuff. She's a feminism. Yeah, I was having trouble talking. Mm. She's a good student. And then, and she's being bullied by these three popular girls, Leanne, Rakaya, and Rania. They're, they're totally picking on our main teenage girl, whose name is Miriam. They're picking on her, and they're doing all kinds of nasty shit. And finally, they beat the shit out of her. Like, totally beat the shit out of Miriam. Wow. So now she's pissed off because all more stuff goes on. And she decides she's going to find a way to get back at them. So she, she concocts this insane plan to get back at them and bring them down and get them in trouble. And the whole thing sounds kind of almost comical. You know, the, the beat up girl and 
the mm. the girl bullying shit. But it this is like super crazy serious where the retribution is almost worse than the bullying. Really? Yeah. And it, it really shows how the retribution for this kind of shit can go horribly wrong, where every action has consequences, not just for the person you're going after, but the people around them and the people around you. And then even bigger people in the whole community circle in general. It is. Wow. And I had to look up where this show was filmed because it just said it was in Arabic and there's nothing ever saying what country it takes place in. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know because my idea of uh, my, my head, my stereotype of Arabic is dark skinned, dark haired people. Sure. And there's a super white, redheaded, like natural redhead girl in this mm -hmm. show. And right. then there's another girl who gives off... Uh, that girl with the dragon tattoo vibe with the dyed black hair, but she is very much a white girl too. Right. So I was like, where does this take place? It takes place. It's filmed in Amman, Jordan, okay. which I'm, I don't know that I've ever seen any other series or shows or anything that was took place there, like huh. filmed and took place with actors from there. And Hang so this, this show is pretty cool. Cause it shows you that um, teenage girls are the same everywhere. They're obsessed with boys, going to the movies. One of them even talks about Zac Efron's abs in this <laughs> thing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the girls are the same everywhere. The, the, even though there's certain cultural differences at the school, mm -hmm. because it's a, a, in an Arabic country, yep. they're still overall teenage girls. They're the same. But They're manipulative, okay. nasty bitches. So that that will dovetail into part of the last thing that we're going to talk about yes, today. Yes, that will. But is that always the case? I mean, I was watching an episode of nine of nine one one Austin because mm -hmm. we were just catching up on a back catalog of shit because we've been tired lately and blah blah blah. And the episode centered around two teenagers who work in, or the beginning part focused on two teenagers who work in an ice cream shop. One of them gets their arm horribly mangled Ooh. in in an ice cream machine trying to fix it Ooh. for another kid who's trying to impress the jocks. And the jocks, when they see that the girl is in distress and her arm is getting mangled like a meat grinder, they start uh. filming it. Like they're like they're trying to become TikTok sensations. Well they have the 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 tables turned on them not by being yelled at. No, not like you're going to go straight to hell and, and all of that other sort of stuff. But one of the firefighters just happens to be a TikTok sensation. So she's got 5 million followers. So the way that the tables get turned is that she turns them out on TikTok and says, oh, look at what these douchebags are doing right now. You know, they're making fun of this. And that's their comeuppance. Have we gotten to a world where comeuppance can only happen on social media? Well, that makes for good TV. I suppose. But damn, kids are rough, man. As I looked shit up about this, mainly finding out where it was filmed, I found Decider, the website Decider. They said that this show is like a better written version of the reboot on HBO of Gossip Girls. Oh, okay. So I really liked it. 
and those cultural differences were not hard for me to to grasp and and accept to know to to be able to understand how this is a bad thing in that culture okay um, that there wasn't anything big like that where you had to look it up and go why is this such a problem it will all translate very well and yes they get super nasty but i think the big underlying message here is communication is key a lot of the issues miriam has where her plans go awry mm. are because she's not talking to her friends who are helping her ah. she needs she feels she needs to do this all on her own and nobody's gonna stand with her and if she just talked to people and shared information things would have been a little bit smoother well of but course that's I always the, the, the way yeah i think the retribution going wrong uh would not have changed in any way no matter how many people she talked to Unless she talked to the nasty girls and was like, hey, let's make a deal here. Which I don't know yeah. if that would have worked anyway. But yeah. Yeah. Albert Wabi School for Girls. It's on Netflix and it is Arabic dubbed into English or you can watch it with subtitles. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> so the last thing that I watched and we were all sitting around our little dinner clutch. Shout out to our big, uh, our, our dinner clutch because they are awesome friends and great people. And, and we all love getting together and eating. Well, we were all sitting around and we started talking about this show, White Lotus. Yes, I have seen that. And I, and I started to get curious, like, what the fuck is this White Lotus shit? And so I turned <laughs> on the first episode and I got to say, I was hooked. Ah, okay. And then I watched the second episode mm -hmm. and I was even more hooked. I can't remember if I saw the third episode or not, because by then I was all in Chewie's world and all that other sort of stuff. Gotcha. I think I've seen the first three. Okay. Well, the show is shot in a very weird sort of almost a yellow sepia kind of tone to it. Like, you know, you are in a different situation just based on the colors of everything. It's almost a, it's almost washed in yellow hmm. and it follows several different groups of people. This one family who's there because the husband thinks he has testicular cancer, a woman who is unhappy with her life and her life's trajectory, a newly married couple. And then you also follow some of the the workers at the White Lotus Spa and Hotel on this island in Hawaii. And one of them is pregnant and tries to hide her pregnancy because it's her first day at work. And then there's the boss who's the ex-drug addict. And, you know, the difference between the smiles and the people who serve you and the privileged, mostly white people, all white people who go there. Yeah. And it's and it's an at least in these first episodes, it's about the aloofness of these people, you know, just like they're basking in some of their privilege, although I've from what I've read, it gets even more privileged than that. But it, I, I, I like this show. I can't tell you why, though. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I I like it. I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, but I don't know why I like it. I don't know what about it makes me want to keep going. Because I'm not particularly. There, there's nobody I really like that much. 
of the guests. The woman played by Jennifer Coolidge. I think I kind of like her so far. Mm-hmm. So far. And the the newlywed wife. Yes, Alexandra D'Addario. shit, but the wife is, she seems normal so far. But also, yeah. she didn't grow up in that whole rich people privileged world either. Right. But anyway, that's White Lotus. I, I'd, I'd give it a shot if you're looking for something. I don't even know what I could say. Not introspective. Uh, um, when I was talking about the bullying in school, you said that would wrap oh, into yeah, yeah, the yeah, White yeah, yeah. Lotus. Thank you. Thank you. And there are two characters. Okay. So the guy who thinks he has testicular cancer, he brings his whole family with him. His son and his daughter. And the daughter brings a Klingon. Um, or a friend that I, that just <laughs> hangs on, yes. But is hanging on because the daughter is so rich that mm-hmm. she's kind of enjoying by proxy being rich and privileged and all that other sort of stuff. Okay. And these two girls, when they are together, are mean as shit, and yeah. they're especially mean as shit to the son. Yeah. They're especially mean as shit because the son is just one of those retreat into his own world video game kids. But that's because his family otherwise is so self-absorbed. But the father, my one of my favorite characters on this show, at least so far, though, is the father who's played by Steve Zahn, by the way, from that thing you do and a few other things, because at least he's trying to connect with the boy. And and it may have taken this cancer, you know, possibility to to do that. But he's trying. It's mm-hmm. the son that's distancing himself. Yeah, he, he yeah, as some teenage boys, as teenage, girls teenage do. boys do. Yeah. And that's exacerbated by the evil mean girl bitchness of the sister and her friend. And that's how it kind of dovetails into that. Because as I've said before, and I said again, why is it that they always portray teens and especially girl teens as these bitches? Because it makes for good television. I guess. Yeah, it it adds that conflict that's needed to make the show, the story interesting. If they all got along really well, what fun would that be? Well, that would be the adventure writing part of it, but well, but it's not entertaining to watch everybody get along. There, I just there's got to be conflict in any story. I yes, there 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 does, but that's why there's well, all right, and there are siblings who absolutely hate each other. It just seems like every time I turn on a show, the young people are just just shits. That's all. Yeah, well, I think that's adults writing about kids. And that could very well be. Actually, that could very that's a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. It's not kids writing about kids. These teenagers aren't writing the stories for themselves, and that's probably part of the problem. Yep. But uh, yeah, to your point of the the girls being nasty to the son and the self self-absorption of the parents and everybody how are they not, how are they allowing this to happen? Like, how are they, why are they letting the teenage boy sleep in the fucking closet? Literally in this show, by the He's way. He's literally in the closet that is, I guess it's a kitchen. And it's closet. a kitchen, but that's They're what like, he's relegated to. He shuts the door. Yeah. 
because that's what he's relegated to by the sister and the friend. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, no, you guys are getting along in this room. Ain't no one sleeping in that room. Well, the mother finally does And you guys, well, she does, but then there's the argument and he goes to sleep on the beach. Well. Yeah. (laughs) So I I haven't gotten any further to know if the parents are like, what the fuck, and do anything about it. But I'm just like, they should have done this from the start. But that's the but that's the self-absorbed part. Yeah, that's exactly. The that's the world. illustration of the self-absorbed part where they didn't even consider who's sleeping where. Well, they did, but they when but they, they booked thought, the room. Right. Yeah. But they thought, okay, this is the way it is and this is the way it's gonna be is gonna work. Yeah. Instead they of actually know better. instead of parenting. Because yes, the mom, exactly. who's played by Connie Britton. Mm-hmm. is while she's supposedly on vacation with a husband who may or may not have testicular cancer is just constantly working. Yeah, workaholic. And she's on and she's on her computer. She's not even processing where she is or the beauty of where she is. She's focused on the status of where she is. Just not being in the moment like the father is trying to be. So anyway, that's White Lotus. It's good. It's intriguing. And it's on HBO Max. And it's on HBO Max. And the full season is done. Oh, good. You could binge the whole thing. The finale aired just last week. Okay. Which is the same week that the other show that I watched premiered on Hulu. That is getting constantly compared to White Lotus. Even though mm. it's not a, it's not quite the same story at all. Um, this is Nine Perfect Strangers. They dropped the first three episodes um, on the 18th last week, and the remaining five episodes were released each Wednesday over the next five weeks. Um, it's got some mixed reviews, as I said, because uh, they keep comparing it to White Lotus. Um, This is a David E. Kelly show based on a book by the same author of HBO's Big Little Lies, which also stars Nicole Kidman. And Nicole Kidman is in this as Masha. She is the spiritual healing guru and owner of Tranquillum House, which is like a wellness retreat place. And it is so exclusive, you are chosen to come to it. And pay your gobs and gobs of money to come to it. You don't just sign up to come. Like you would make a reservation at a hotel and just go. A hotel spa. This also has Melissa McCarthy in it. She is an overworked author struggling to stay relevant and on the bestseller list. She's losing her shit over her personal life and her work life and everything's gone to crap. She is seeing this 10-day retreat as a way to relax, refresh her mind, get away from shit. Samara Weaving is also in this, which I didn't realize. She is Jessica, a super social media influencer and wife of Ben, who's played by Melvin Gregg. Um, The husband and wife, they've gone to this retreat to fix their marriage. There's also a family of three, mom, dad, and a daughter, a teenage daughter. Um, They have their own uh, family issues. There's two single guys with separate issues one is you're like what is his ulterior motive for being there and then there's a a single woman who's got some she seems to be the only one who is excited to be at this retreat um so 
that makes me wonder why am I watching this if nobody really wants to be there? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, this, if you've ever gone to any of those wellness self-help seminars, you, you kind of get the point, like what is supposed to happen at this 10-day retreat. Mm-hmm. If you've never been immersed in that kind of thing or culture or talk to any of those life coach types, you might be wondering what is this? It's a fucking load of crap and just nothing but hot garbage. Um, but since I've attended a few of these, I kind of, I get what the point is and who Masha is her, her role in all this is, but, um, watching people who are resistant to the process of this kind of wellness thing really just makes me angry. (laughs) Like, why did you pay gobs of money to be here to even apply to get selected to be here? Exactly. But we also know that uh, this whole Tranquilum House, there's some sort of back-end ulterior motive something hinky going on. Like, what is she really up to? That they, they lay that in there, a fine line in those first three episodes of everything isn't quite what we think it is. That... Masha's got something she's working in the background. I mean, and her her staff, um, one of which is played by uh, the guy from from the Good Place. He was the silent monk guy who we found out later. Jason, Jason's the character name, and he's not particularly bright. <laughs> he's in this as one of the staff members, and he he's very calm and tranquil and accepting of everything and trying to be helpful to everybody. And he's, his wife also works there and it seems like Nicole Kidman is trying to get between them so far. It seems. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, the, the people are claiming this is like hot garbage, this show compared to white Lotus, but they're not even like the same. White Lotus is people at a hotel and they're rich and entitled and assholes. This one is people, people of different, um, they seem to be different levels of economic stuff. The family, Masha had given them a deep discount. We find out. Um, and I'm not sure about, we haven't learned so much about the others, but Melissa McCarthy being a best-selling author and one of the guys, um, we find out what his economic level is, where he's from later on uh and i don't want to spoil that so so yeah not everybody's on the same level we learn and they're able to get into this exclusive chosen only type of thing and that's probably because masha has her ulterior motives and the people she chooses she wants them to come and not have money be a problem so and it's different because this is like internal cleansing finding out your deep hot garbage like your deep garbage issues in your life versus we're just watching those assholes at the hotel. So I don't know why they're comparing the two other than the fact that white Lotus wrapped up last week as this drops. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, so yeah, they're not allowed to have their phones or certain foods, but of course everybody tries to get around that rule. And as they're all arriving, they're all arriving at the, the center and they're all assholes is they're all fighting with each other already. So nine perfect strangers in a room, they're not necessarily going to be nice to each other. It seems. Yeah. 
And, you know, the conflict begins. The wackiness ensues. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch a few more of this to see if, if I really like it or not. Mm -hmm. So far, it seems okay to me. Because I'm intrigued at what Masha's trying to get at. Like, what is, what is her, what is she doing with these poor people? I have a theory. Mm. I have a theory, and I'm just going to say it now because I've never watched an episode of this, and I probably won't and, and all that stuff. My thinking is that she's trying to create soldiers to go out and get more people initiated into the cult. That could be, but I, I feel like that's just too easy. I'm going to go the route of easy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. And we'll see if I'm wrong. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but Nine Perfect Strangers, it's on Hulu. Uh, you got three episodes you could watch, and then the rest you'll have to wait week after week to see. Blah. All right. So, news time. News! First of all, we have to give a big shout out to David. David, we hope you are doing all right, buddy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was shocked when I saw that. Yeah. He, so he, he needs some. He needs some wellness. He but needs not some from Masha. He need, yeah, no Masha. Bad <laughs> Masha. <laughs> right. Well, not to sound weird, but David, we will give you wellness, just not Masha. Yeah, not Masha level wellness. All right. No. But he sent over a few newsy things, and I just want to get them out quickly. Cool. So um, the first one is Sylvester Stallone says the Expendables spinoff, Expendables, A Christmas Story, will shoot this October. <laughs> oh, that sounds atrocious. <laughs> hey, yeah, we got to go and, and rescue Santa Claus ho, from ho, the... Ho. Ho, ho, these nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Oh, my God. So uh, that's going to be some hot garbage. And I didn't uh, even see three because Mel Gibson was in it. See past episodes for why I'm just against, you know, against Mel Gibson. Black Canary, the movie starring Journey Smollett okay. is happening. And, and that character was first introduced in Birds of Prey. Oh, okay. And she's getting her own little spinoff movie. All right. Good for her. And Jerkweed Mike Richards is out as the Jeopardy host. Yes. Yes. He stepped down. Yeah. That's because he realized he's a shithead. Yeah. Yeah. And he can't be the face of a, a very, very highly revered show. And be an and asshole at the same time. Dickhead, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so good. Yeah, the article I read said that they're going to start more auditions to replace him. So I guess all those people who guest hosted over the summer are not even being considered now. Which is bullshit. Uh, well, the whole thing from the start was total fucking bullshit. It was yes. all just uh, dumb. It was just a, a publicity stunt to get people to watch over the summer since Alex is gone. And they knew they were going to appoint that asshole in the beginning. And then they found out, hey, we didn't vet him properly enough to know not to do that. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. he was fully 
intending to be the host anyway. Mm -hmm. And then that's why an episode or two ago, I said to give Mayim Bialik the scraps and make her like a secondary host, I think was an afterthought to try to stem the, the controversy, but it didn't work. People are saying, just give it to her, but she's already got a series that she's filming still. So she's not available to do that on a regular basis. Again, I think, um, I think LeVar Burton would be a good choice. I want him, but I, they're not, I don't think they're going to pick anybody from this summer. which is a mistake because I even liked Aaron Rodgers and it doesn't even have to be a dude. And Anderson Cooper would have been fine or Robin um, Roberts, Robin Roberts, Robin Roberts would have been good. I just want somebody up there who is likable and, and just appeals. Yeah. And not the executive producer of the show who appointed himself and then just tried to do the smoke and mirrors. So that's all I got for news. David, get well, man. We love Get you. well, David. All right. So everybody log on to the watchlistpod.com, click on that contact us button or engage us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod. Are you watching White Lotus? Are you watching any of these island shows where people have fucked up lives and it's supposed to turn a mirror onto who we are and the world and society and <laughs> blah? Or are you just not giving a shit? And are you watching Wellington Paranormal just to cleanse the palate of the shit going on in the world? Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's all I got for this week. Thanks for hanging in, people. You yeah. 22 out there are awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. We love you so much. <laughs> we love you so much. Please stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't go anywhere. Keep listening. Don't, don't go anywhere. We need... We need those consistent numbers. Tell your friends to watch or listen. Tell your friends to listen. Yeah. Tell your friends to watch. Listen. Yes. Watch their phone while they're listening. Grab their phone. Make them subscribe to our show without them knowing because we need that. Yes. And you know what? We offer you a money back guarantee. You put no money into this show. We will give it all right back to you if you don't like it. (laughs) Exactly. But anyway, we are fun and entertaining, and we would love for you to listen. So do us a favor. Subscribe to us wherever you pick up your podcast. And please, as always, continue to be safe, be smart, mask up if necessary. And we will talk to you next week. Okay, Okay, bye. bye.